If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 12. We're so glad you're here today. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And so, I'm reading now the New Living Translation. So, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Now, who's he talking to? He's talking to Christians. He's talking to people who've already given their hearts to Christ. Now he tells you, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let your bodies be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Then verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? Everybody say think. Notice he didn't say by changing the way you act. He didn't even say in the years gone by in the Pentecostal church, by changing the way you dress. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. As we began this new year, we have made an effort to declare our benefits in Christ. And I hope you have been declaring your benefits every day. Remember, there are benefits in serving Jesus Christ. Remember Psalm 103, verse number 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His what? Benefits. One of the benefits of being a child of God is understanding the reality that we're blessed. You're blessed. You're a blessed person. I'm a blessed person. Every child of God is blessed. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? Blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. You say, well, I don't feel blessed. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're blessed. The word blessed means to be happy and to be in a fortunate position due to God's favor. To be happy and to be in a fortunate position due to God's favor. We, saints, we need to be happy. We are in a fortunate position. You might not think you are, but in God's eyes, you are never in a bad position. He's always got your back. We should be happy. Now, most of us need to inform our face that we're happy. And most of us need to remind our words that we're happy. But you and I are blessed. In fact, if we're not happy, if we're not speaking edifying things, if we're not acting and walking and talking like we're blessed, we are living in an arena of somewhere that God has not called us to be because the Bible says we're blessed. As children of the Most High God, we are blessed. The Bible teaches us we're blessed, so we should be happy. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately, for many Christians, the promise of being blessed and the reality of being blessed are two different things. The promise of being blessed and the reality of being blessed are two different things, and that shouldn't be the case. See, in my journey I've learned this. Being blessed does not mean never having trials or difficulties. And being blessed doesn't mean never being tempted or going through painful situations. 
doesn't mean that. Being blessed means whatever you're going through or wherever you find yourself, you can be happy and content and in a good position because you are united with Christ Jesus. Being blessed does not mean free from difficulty. Being blessed does not mean free from trials or tribulations. Being blessed means it doesn't make any difference what I'm going through. I know I'm going through it. Because I'm united with Jesus Christ and I can be happy about the future outcome. I might not be happy about what I'm doing right now or where I find myself right now, but I can be happy because I know He will never leave me nor forsake me. I'm united with Him and He will see me through this ordeal that I happen to be going through. So I'm blessed. I am blessed. For example, Joseph was a slave and he was blessed. He was in prison. Joseph was in prison wrongfully. But even while he was in prison, he was blessed. Joseph was forgotten by the people that he remembered and helped, who finally got out. They forgot him and left him in prison, but he was still blessed. David was the runt of the litter. He didn't even make it to the lineup. His dad didn't even think he had enough talent and ability to even ask him to come to the lineup when the prophet showed up to look at the boys for the next king. His dad said, you stay at home, you don't even qualify. David was the run of the litter, but he was blessed. Paul was imprisoned for simply preaching the gospel. But while in jail, he was blessed, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament that we have to this day. So understand, just because we're going through difficulties doesn't mean we're blessed. Get it settled in our minds. As children of God, we are blessed. We are never out. We are never down and out. God will see you through because you're united with Christ. Then we learn this. It's through our actions and attitude that we can either release God's blessings in our life or prohibit God's blessings in our life. It's our actions, our attitude. So in 2018, we've discovered it's our year of blessing. Every day, I want you to get up and declare, I am blessed. Every day I've been saying, I'm blessed. I'm ble-. When difficulty comes, when a bad news comes, when things go against my, Amanda and I, when we get a word against us or against our family or something's going on with the grandchildren that's not good, we just say, the not make any difference, we're blessed. We're blessed in Jesus' name. God will get us through this situation. Then we've discovered this. 2018 is not only our year of blessing, it's going to be our year of breakthrough. 2018 is going to be my year of breakthrough. The junk that's been holding me back is not going to hold me back any longer. I'm getting rid of that stuff this year. In fact, we are declaring that 2018 will be the year to break through all the stuff and baggage that is hanging on and holding us hostage from experiencing joy and fulfillment in life. But listen, you've got to make up your mind. You're going to get rid of it. I'm going to get free. This addiction, this addiction to pain medication, I'm going to deal with it and I'm getting free from this. This addiction to alcohol, I'm going to break its hold in Jesus' name. This addiction to pornography that I've been hiding, I've been living a secret life, and it's been tormenting my mind, and I know it's ungodly and not God's plan for my life, I'm coming out of this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to live the life that God wants me to live. This addiction, this, this oppression, this depression, 
This anxiety, this fear that paralyzes me from time to time during the week and during the month. I'm telling you, this is my last year to deal with this. I'm going to get free because Jesus came to set me free. You've got to make up your mind, this is your year of breakthrough. Other people can encourage you. Other people can help you. They can give you insight. But it's up to you and I, if we want to be free, we've got to make up our mind to be free. Have you ever realized there were times in Jesus' ministry that he walked up to people who were sick, and you know what he said to them? Do you want to get well? He didn't say, do you think I'm powerful enough to get well? Do you think I've got healing in me to get well? He didn't ask them. That wasn't the issue. God's power is never the issue. God's desire is never the issue. The, 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 the issue is this. Do you want it bad enough? Do you want to get well? And the question I ask for all of us today, that thing that keeps holding us back, that we many times live in secrecy with, that we know is not God's best and it's prohibiting us from being God's best. Are you sick and tired of it to the point that you want to break through? That's the first thing you've got to answer. I want to get rid of this and 2018 is my year to get rid of this. It's my year to get rid of this. Because of where we come from, because of what's been said to us, because of what we've been through or what we've done, Many of us subconsciously believe we've called, caused irreparable damage to our futures. And this is just the way life is. And it's going to be for us for the rest of our lives because of what we did and how we acted and the mistake we made. Some of you betrayed your marriage vows years ago and, and you still deal with that pain and that shame. And yes, it was bad and it was wrong and it was sinful. But it's in the past. And the Lord wants to free you from that shame. He took your shame 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. He says, go and sin no more. He didn't say, stay there and live in it. He said, go and sin no more. Go on with your life. Some of you have been betrayed. Your spouse has betrayed you. And now you live with this wound and this hurt. And you say you're over it. But now you struggle with trust. And believing in people again. And you expect the worst. And that's just the way it is. Everybody does you wrong. And that's holding you back. I want you to know you can have a new life in Christ Jesus. It's God's will for you to have somebody if that's what you want in life. It's God's will for you to have a faithful, caring, loyal spouse to help you in life. So you've got to make up your mind. I'm tired of living this way. And I'm going to get free in Jesus' name. God wants me free, and I deserve to be free because Jesus died on the tree. Now, to experience breakthrough, we must embrace some things. We've talked about a couple of these. Number one, we've got to realize God's will for my life is freedom. You don't deserve to live the rest of your life miserable. I don't care what you did. If He wanted you to live miserable, He would not have uh, gone to the cross. He went to the cross to cover your misery. You say, well, you don't know what I did. It doesn't make any difference what you did. His sin, His sacrifice on the cross of Calvary covered everything you ever did. One of my best friends, Pastor Maury Davis in Cornerstone Church in Madison, Tennessee, at the age of 18, high on drugs, murdered a lady. 
murdered a lady. Spent eight years in Texas penitentiary. Eight years in Texas penitentiary. The DA wanted the death penalty. And God supernaturally intervened. And now he's pastor of Cornerstone Church in Madison, Tennessee. And every day, he's told me multiple times, he said, Pastor Eddie, every day Satan tries to torment me with shame of what I did. Every day I have to deal with that shame of what I did. He said, though I don't remember it, I was high on drugs. They said I did it, so I'm sure I did it because I did a lot of terrible things. He said, but every day I have to put that thought down. I am worthless and I have no future. And every day I have to remind myself what Jesus did for me covered my hideous, terrible sin. And listen, if he can do it, you can do it. You can do it. Some of you wasn't raised in church. Some of you haven't been crystal clean. Some of you haven't been good little Sunday school boys and Sunday school girls. Some of you have been boogers. Because your mama's told me about you. And I've read about you in the paper. And on social media. I don't care what you've done. Jesus wants you free. And Jesus wants to live, you to live the rest of your life free from the shame of your past. All right? You say, well, people don't accept me. Don't worry about those people. Get in a group of people who will love you and will accept you. Not because of your past, but because of your future in Christ Jesus. So realize God's will for your life is freedom. Number two, if you want to be free, you've got to welcome the Holy Spirit's power in your life. Welcome the Holy Spirit's power in your life. If things are holding you hostage, it's time to allow the Holy Spirit to interrupt and invade your life. Allow Him to change you, correct and discipline you. Allow the Holy Spirit to move you and get this, remove certain people from you. Do you hear me? Sometimes for the Holy Spirit to work in our life, we've got to shed some people that are being used of the enemy to bring us down. Be willing, allow the Holy Spirit to move you and remove certain people from you. Be willing to allow others to speak into you and minister to you. If you could do it on your own, you would, have already, you would already be free. But you can't admit it and accept the help He sends. Understand that, to allow the Holy Spirit to work in their life, your life. And it doesn't make any difference if that was the way you was raised or not. Well, you know, I've had people, I've said to them, let me, I'll, I'll come and lay hands. They'll say, I'm dealing with drug addiction. I said, well, let me, uh, let me come lay hands on you. Well, we, I just wasn't raised like that. I wasn't raised in that kind of church. I said, well, stay bound then. Stay bound then. It's not about the way you was raised. If the way, the way you was raised must not got it, you must not been doing everything you were raised to do or you wouldn't be in this shape you were... You're in. Allow somebody to work in your life. Allow somebody to speak to your life. Let the Holy Spirit use. I remember I had a man uh, come to me. I said uh, he was dying, had a prognosis. Said The doctor said, you'll be dead in six months. Cancer. I said, he came to me. He said, Pastor, I'll be, they say I'll be dead in six months. I said, okay. I, uh, I know the head usher at uh, Benny Hinn Crusades. And um, uh, I'll get you on the front row. He said, okay, okay, set it up. Benny Hinn, within two weeks, was coming to Memphis. He said, set it up, Pastor, and we'll go. So I called and got him in. What door to come in? Going to have him on the front row. 
And uh, he called me back a week later and said, Pastor, I've decided not to go. I said, uh, why? He said, well, I just wasn't raised that way, and, you know, I just don't care for that. I said, well, I don't care for it either. But people are getting healed. It's not a matter of my taste. It's a matter of the healing anointing. Have you noticed God doesn't check in with me on how He wants to do things? I've had women, women pray for people and they get healed. And I've had men dying of disease and they say, no, I I was raised that women shouldn't shouldn't do that to men. I said, you crazy. If I'm dying, I don't care who prays for me. Black or white, male or female, child or adult. I just want the healing anointing to flow through my body. See, allow the Holy Spirit to interrupt your life, to invade your life, to speak into you into ways that normally may be in your tradition. But allow the Holy Spirit entrance into your life. He'll use some remarkable people and some remarkable ways to invade you and bring change and transformation to your life. See, if you're bound, you got to let the, let the traditions go and say, I don't care what it takes, God. Use anybody, anytime, any way. Just get me free in Jesus' name. Just get me free. So allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. The third thing, the Holy Spirit sets me free. Others help me stay free. The Holy Spirit sets me free. Allow Him to work. But then you've got to have somebody else to help you stay free. You know, everybody needs somebody to help them stay between the lines. Everybody needs somebody to help them stay between the lines. <laughs> Amanda Tyler, our son, works for Nissan. And he said, Mom, I want to bless you. I want to, they, you know, employees get a special lease rate through Nissan. It's a real good deal. You and I, who couldn't get it at the dealership, they get this special deal. He said, I want to lease you a car. I said, oh, and Amanda said, does he think that'd be good? I said, you better believe, save us money and get a brand new car every year and 30,000 free miles and free maintenance. Man, let's go for it. Cheap price, you better believe. So he leased his mom the, 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 the top-ranked, modded out, all the bells and wishes, Nissan Murano. And... Uh, She's driving that thing down the road. I said, let me drive this thing. So we was going down 840. I put it on cruise control. And we're flipping down through there. And all of a sudden, it starts slowing down. On cruise control. I'm doing about 75. It, you know, I know it's 70, but uh, uh, <laughs> I got a state trooper buddy. He says at 78, at 8, you're fine. At 9, you're mine. So I, I keep it at... I keep it at 75. So uh, all of a sudden we're going down there and the thing starts slowing down. I looked at her. I'm looking at the gauges. I'm looking, why is it slowing down? My feet's on the, the car's slowing down. I looked at her. I said, Amanda, you didn't put enough gas in this car. Here we are on 840 and we've done run out of gas. On 840. She said, I just filled it up two days ago. I said, we, you've run out of gas out here in the middle of nowhere on 840. I'm going to have to call Bubba to come get us. You've run out. It kept slowing down. She says, why is it slowing? I said, I don't know why. Why is it slowing down? And she said, oh, oh, oh. It's got that thing on there. If you get close to another car when you're going cruise control, it automatically slows down. 
I said, well, I don't want that. I want to run right up behind them and let them think, get out of the way. The left lane. Get out of the left lane. We were in Oklahoma, and just last month, I'm going to introduce it here in, in the legislature. I'm going to write my letter. They just introduced in Oklahoma that a law that if you impede traffic in the left lane, you'll get a ticket. I'm going to introduce that. I'm calling some people and get that introduced. Amen. I was going to call Mayor uh, Barry in Nashville, but I don't think she's going to be there long. But anyway... And then I, then we were driving. We got it going down my, uh, uh, and it slowed down. I was with another man who had just bought a nice, a really nice luxury car. He said, "Pastor, I want you to drive this." I said, "Okay, I'd like to drive. I'd love to drive." He said, "Let's go down Memorial." He came by the church, picked me up, and said, "Let's go down Memorial." So we was heading down Memorial. He said, "Pastor, just kind of let the steering wheel go and let it drift to the right." So I did. I let the steering wheel go, and I kind of tilted the steering wheel, and it drifted to the right. As soon as it hit the white line, the steering wheel started shaking. And I thought, man, I didn't realize this road was this rough. I'm gonna. He said, no, it's not the road. He says, if you get out of the line, the steering wheel starts shaking to wake you back up, to get back in the middle of the road. Do you see people who build cars, understand that we need help from time to time in our journey to stay within the lines and to keep from crashing. The best drivers have moments where they're tired. The best drivers get distracted and will run up upon somebody without realizing. People who build cars understand you can't drive successfully long term without some kind of help. We want to help you. Likewise, in our journey of faith, there are times we get distracted because of the difficulties of life. There are times we get weary living in this life and we need somebody to come alongside us and help us stay between the lines. The Holy Spirit sets us free. But others help us stay free. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse number 9. It's better to have a partner than go it alone. I'm reading from the message translation. Share the work, share the wealth. And if one falls, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. Two in a bed warm each other. Alone you shiver all night. And I read that this morning and one of our single ladies on the front row said, Amen! That's true. Amen. Two in a bed warm each other. Alone you shiver all night. By yourself you're unprotected. With a friend you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. So make sure that you realize God's will for your life is freedom. Number two, welcome the Holy Spirit's interruption in your life. Through anything or anyone. Number three, it'll be the Holy Spirit that'll set you free, but others help you remain free. And then finally, number four, you've got to change your thinking. 
If you're going to have breakthrough in life, you've got to change your thinking. What did he say in Romans 12 too? Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? Think. By changing the way you think. Can you believe it? That we can get free from the junk that's held us back by just getting our minds renewed with the Word of God. Do you realize that Satan operates in the arena of thought? He attacks, his attacks on our life always begin with a simple thought. If you can think about moments in your life that you've sinned, times you've made a mistake, times you've made an unwise decision, times you and I have messed up, if we think back about those moments when we've messed up or made a decision that got ourselves in trouble or got ourselves in some sin or made a mistake, if we can think back about that, we got in that situation because of a thought. We thought the wrong thing. We let our minds entertain the wrong pattern of thinking. Satan operates in the arena of thought. He doesn't knock on our door and say, here, I'm coming to attack you with a red devil suit on and a pitchfork. He comes through our thought life. Through our thought life is the way he comes. And if we can learn to control, take authority of our thought life, we can defeat his attacks and traps in our life every single time. Personally, for years... I was on my way to heaven, but I lived in hell on earth because my thought life wasn't under the lordship of Jesus. My heart was saved. I was born again, but my mind was not. And I would go to our little church every week, and I would go to the altar and pray and confess my sin of lust and look at it pornography and critical thoughts and negative thoughts. And I'd promise God I wouldn't do it again. But sometime in the week, it had me captured all over again. And week after week, and I loved Jesus in my heart, but I was still falling prey to His schemes. I was on my way to heaven, but on earth I was living in hell because my thought life was not under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And I didn't realize as a young Christian that I have authority over my mind. My mind doesn't belong to the devil. It doesn't belong to the world. It belongs to the born-again child of God that I am. I can have the mind of Christ. So I have to take my authority over my mind. Negative attitudes, depression... Lust, fear, anger, critical thoughts, and condemnation ruled my life. And it was all up here. And the whole time I loved Jesus in my heart. You say, how does that work, Pastor? Well, let me show it to you from the Bible. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse number 5. Romans chapter 8. Those who are dominated by their sinful nature, the NLT says, those who are dominated by their sinful nature, think, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit... Think about things that please the Spirit. 
So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. The Apostle Paul tells us that our flesh, our sinful nature, can dominate our thinking. And when our mind and when our thought life is motivated by our flesh, it'll end up in death in our relationships and in our life. Let me prove it to you from Scripture. Look at Matthew chapter 15 real quickly. Matthew chapter 15 verse 19. For out of the heart come what? Out of the heart come what? Evil thoughts. How do you know a person has an evil thought? You can't see a thought. Yes, you can. They'll manifest in murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. Adultery. People have said to me, I just don't know how I fell into that. I don't know how I... I, don't, I love my wife. I just don't know how I fell into that. I said, Psh, that ain't no big deal. I know how you fell in. You started thinking about it. You started fantasizing about it. You started entertaining yourself with that woman. You started entertaining, seeing yourself. Thoughts, imagination, stronghold. It started as a single thought. Then it turned into a picture, an image, an imagination. And then you started seeing yourself with her, and then you acted upon it. But it all began with a thought. It all began with a single thought. So the flesh controlling our mind will lead to death and destruction. But the Holy Spirit and the Word of God can also dominate our thinking. And when our mind and our thought life is motivated by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, that leads to life and peace. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things right, whatsoever things pure, whatsoever things lovely, whatsoever things is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think Everybody say, think. Think Think about these things. My flesh wants to control my mind. My spirit man wants to control my mind. It's very simple. Let Let me just tell you, it's so simple. It's so simple how this works. And I lived as a slave for years and didn't know it. And out of desperation, of tired of being condemned and guilty, about pornography and lust and shame. I cried out to the Lord. I just got in my Bible and I said, Lord, there's got to be an answer. I know I'm a Christian. I know I'm saved. I know I'm born again. I love you with all my heart. But I'm failing every single day. How can I win this terrible battle? I was like the Apostle Paul. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from myself? I used to think like this. If I can cut my head off, I can live a victorious Christian life. If I can just cut my head off, I can live up. My problem's up here. What can I do? And the Lord showed me. I'm a threefold being. You're a threefold being. David here. We see David, good-looking David, like his shirt, very talented, got a bunch of great kids, super talented family. We look at him, and we see him coming, and we say, that's David, that's David. We recognize him anywhere. Talk to him on the phone, recognize his voice. That's David, but that's really not David. David's the man on the inside. He's the spirit. We're threefold beings. We are spirit. We're spirit. This stud muffin here. I know when you see him coming, you say, stud muffin. 
But the real him is not this stud muffin with this beautiful long red beard. The real him is the man on the inside. It's the man on the inside. We are spirit. The Bible says, let, God said in Genesis 1:26, let us make man in our own image. And then the Bible says, God is spirit. So if God's a spirit and we've been made in the image of God, guess what you are? You are spirit. Who's spirit? The one on the inside. We are spirit. We possess a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a body. The one we see walking down the road and say, that's him, that's your body, that's not the real you. Your body's going to disappear one day. The real you's going to live forever. It has eternal life if you've made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. That's your spirit man. Now, here's the paradox. Here's where we are. Our spirit man that has been born again, that lives on the inside, it wants us to follow God's way of doing things. Our flesh, which cannot be born again, it's never going to be born again. It wants us to follow the fleshly way of doing things. So we got the spirit pulling us one way. We got the flesh pulling us the other way. And the third party, that's the kicker in between, is our soul our mind, our will, and emotions. And it's just as simple as this. Two against one always wins any battle. Your flesh wants to follow selfishness and sin. Your spirit wants to follow the Word of God and peace and joy and life. Whoever this hooks up with and joins in with is the one you're going to follow. So when the flesh says, I want to do this, I want to go sin, if your mind is not renewed with the Word of God and it sides in with the flesh, guess what? Two against one will win every time. But if when the Spirit says, no, don't go this way, and your mind is renewed and trained to follow the Word of God, then all of a sudden it's two of them against one of the flesh, and you'll overcome temptation every single time. See, two against one. That's why it's so important to get our minds renewed with the Word of God. You say, I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm talking about Bible thinking. Bible thinking. You say, how do you do that, Pastor? Well, you just... You just, the simplest way to do it is just do your devotions every day and start in your own simple way memorizing some scriptures. How many remember going to church in Sunday school and have memory verses? Does anybody ever remember that? I guarantee you some of you today can still remember some of those memory verses. You can still, and if you'll bring them back up when temptation comes, just one verse in the Bible will run any devil off any time in your life. But you've got to get your mind working on that. Realize God wants you free. Allow the Holy Spirit to interrupt your life. The Holy Spirit will set you free, but it takes others to keep us between the lines. And then get our minds renewed with the Word of God. <laughs> a couple of months ago, I had a 93-year-old man, couple come, he was 93 and she was 90. They came to my office, they were from out of state. So I can tell this story, because you don't know them, and they don't know I'm telling it. Uh, so uh, he came to my office, and I knew him, said, uh, yeah, what are you here to see? We need to come see you, Pastor. I said, well, I'm not going to be in your state preaching. They said, no, we're coming. I said, you're coming, you're coming up here? No, we're just coming to see you. I said, well, we got a problem. 
I said, got a problem with kids? No, problem with our marriage. Been, they've been married 70 years. I said, you got a problem with your marriage? At this point, the only problem you have, who's, who's going first and how are we going to pay for it? <laughs> and uh, so they, I said, well, come on. They came in, sat down. We, he looked at me and said, Pastor, I got to tell you. I said, what? Well, I was unfaithful to her six months ago. He's 93. I said, um, pardon me? He said, well, I was unfaithful to her. I said, you were, you're joking, right? He said, no, no, Pastor. I, I said, you're talking about physically unfaithful? He said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I first wanted to congratulate him. <laughs> and I walked away from there. I walked away from that moment realizing it doesn't make any difference how old we get. Our flesh still wants to pull us away from God's plan and God's life in our journey. And it doesn't make any difference how old we get or how much water's under the bridge. And these were godly people who loved God for many years of their life. We have to keep our minds focused on the Word of God. And it's a continual battle. Two against one. My mind with the Word of God and my spirit will win against the flesh. But my mind... And the flesh against my spirit will lead me into sin every single time. God wants you free. Welcome the Holy Spirit's interruption in your life. Make sure you have somebody to keep you between the lines. And get your mind renewed daily with the Word of God. Stand with me, would you?